Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Quarantine episode. It's our first episode of the new year, and boy, do we have a new year to talk about already. <laughs> I, I, you know, we just talked about this a week or two ago, saying, you know, we really don't want to make this podcast at all about COVID. No. And then, you know, 50% of uh, our hosts have COVID. <laughs> 50%. Well, happy new year. Let's get that out of the way. This is our first official live episode of the new year because we did just drop a bank episode last week on New Year's Eve day. I don't remember. Ish. Ish. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, then there's been news uh, uh, about you <laughs> that's been on your socials and even picked up in the, uh, the Johnny Katz article. Uh, but yeah, so Matt, what's going on with you? Just the uh, we're we're in the I'm in the quarantine I'm in isolation as we speak. You've got the COVID. Oh, yes, man. sir. Wow. Now look, I'm really so thankful to say mm-hmm. I don't have symptoms. Do I? I sound good, right? You sound fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I um, I'm I'm feeling good. Thankfully, I think I think the vaccine and booster are doing its thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, as evidence has pointed to, this uh, Omicron is uh, less severe and so on and. But spreads a lot faster. So here we are. Yeah. And I am just, uh, you know, I'm thankful to be here with you. Yeah, we're, we're hoping this new, you know, variant burns out quickly. And, you know, it seems like it does catch on faster. But again, like you said, isn't as severe. But uh, that was the misconception that I think a lot of people were saying. It's like, oh, you're vaxxed and boosted and still people are getting it. It's like, no, like the numbers and the data so far show that like people aren't going to the hospital as much, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, that does mean the vaccine's doing its job. It's almost like wearing a seatbelt in a car doesn't prevent all fatalities or injuries, but yeah. it's a protective measure so that you have a better chance of surviving, you know? Yeah, and don't let this give anyone the misconception that this is a factual podcast that you should get this type of information sure. from, <laughs> but I totally concur. Yeah. Exactly. And also, I'm not a doctor, but mm. I think since we record this virtually yeah. from Vegas and New York, I think you're totally safe to be having this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we had to do this in person, we'd probably jump on Zoom or whatever <laughs> just to do it anyway, just to make sure I am uh, I am safe. But uh, I, I've, I've put myself at risk, and we'll get to that later as well. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> but, you, you, you already did? Yeah, I already did. But I, I'm, I'm fine uh, as of Why today. do you sound so happy about it? No, well, well, that's just because I it was uh it was uh, I went to see a show, but uh, it was I was debating on it. But we'll get into that in a moment. I want to learn more about how it affected your show. Obviously, shut down. Did mm-hmm. you um like how did you find out? How do you think you got it? Just from your sh- being in your show, were you getting a little careless just because we've been doing a pandemic for two years now? <laughs> like, what? why you got to assume I'm careless? No, <laughs> of course I haven't been careless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so no, I what think happened? I've done everything I can to protect. Really, at this mm-hmm, point, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think there's really a way to even know. Right, I think even how would how would you know? Even if mm-hmm. I thought I knew, do yeah. I really know? Like that's not right. going to give me a false sense of security. Correct. Right. Right. So I don't know. I just want to um, know if one of your crew members gave it to you, and then you could be like, "Well, you could always hold that over their head." <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold anything over anyone's head <laughs> anyway. I. I. The truth is, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, are they still contact tracing? Can I even figure it out? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they are. They must be. It's not even possible anymore, is it? It's just so random. With the amount of it? Don't you know people? Doesn't everyone know someone who's got... It's either their immediate friends or family now. And I know we're making light of it too, but we're only making light of it because we know you're safe and that the people around Mm -hmm. you are safe. And I know it is a severe... You know, this has been a severe virus that affected lots of people. So we're not making light of anyone who has, you know, been actually affected. Yeah, no, thank you for pointing that out. Also, we're having this conversation after the current recommendation of five days of isolation yes, right exactly um, who knows if that will change or you know it's been it's been sort of a little bit sort of confusing in terms mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. what, what the cdc is recommending yeah. i think we can all agree so logistically i want to know obviously you you stayed home you you quarantined you did all that things but from a standpoint of a business sense of you putting on a show employing all these crew members 
you know, putting out the marketing for, you know, people, ticket holders. I want to know logistically what goes into you having to shut down a show all of a sudden randomly for a week uh, and how you approach that and what happened and how you come back from that, too. Um, it's, it's never easy. Right? right. So, you know, we work with Caesars entertainment. So their box office handles, uh, refunds, basically like any other canceled event, um, that you have anywhere in the world point of purchase is where people go to, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately if they have to refund a ticket for any, any canceled event, um, we didn't even have to cancel a full week because we were going into a dark week already. Oh, that's convenient. It was very convenient because then I don't have to like think about when is it exactly safe to come. I know that by the time we come back January 17th, I'm the safest person to be around. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So we were going directly into a dark week as it was. So it was sort of Mm -hmm. an abbreviated week of of cancellations as it was. Are you saying this Um, is just one big mentalism trick? Like you knew (laughs) going in. You're going to go, we're going to go dark because I'm going to get COVID right before. (laughs) (laughs) What a bad prediction effect that would be. (laughs) No, it it really is a sad thing. And and I'm sorry to anyone that had either, either already had tickets or, you know, planned on coming to see me during that time. Um, You know, apologies. Obviously, if I could Mm -hmm. be there, I would. Right. Um, But it's just one of those things you got to do what's right for the greater good. Uh, You said, how did you find out? I just test regularly. Yeah. And what's the first call when you got that positive back? Like, how does that how does the ball get rolling? Um, (laughs) I make a call to my managers and say positive test. What do we do? Yeah. And then uh, she hangs up the phone and goes. You know, after the the pleasantries, I shouldn't call them pleasantries. After right. a, after the genuine concern, mm-hmm. you know, conversation, she goes, "Okay, let me do my thing." Yeah, you know, and this yeah. is this is where uh, this is where they shine. I'm so thankful to have an amazing team, Red mm-hmm. Light Management. Thank you, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Caesars Entertainment. Um, to my internal Table Twenty Six team, every, everybody. Um, just uh, and and my Caesars. You know, they, they're the ones there literally on the front lines mm-hmm. as people are showing up that have to say, oh, by the way, tonight's not happening. Right. You know. Right. So, yeah, it's sort of this. I honestly don't know how that stuff happens because mm-hmm. I I don't make a habit of ever canceling shows. Right. Exactly. It's something I've almost almost never done with very rare exceptions like this. Um, and of course, when it happens, it's because I'm not physically there. Right. Right. right? So I would love to be a fly on the wall or maybe I wouldn't because it's such a sad thing to see. Yeah. Um, but I really can only give so much information as to like, w- what is the chain of events that happens, right? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I imagine your stat, your crew and you know your backstage assistants and everything like that, they get the call, just be like, oh, you're off. Now, they, I'm assuming they all had to test as well to make sure that they you know, didn't get it as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wow, it kind of goes into like emergency protocol mode just to make sure everyone's safe and uh, yep. and going forward. And what about you? Did you have symptoms? Like, did you feel the COVID at all? I didn't feel the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't at all. No, I didn't. I didn't no. feel the COVID. Um, so I had tested negative mm-hmm. uh, just the day before. And like that was the day, if anything, that I thought I might have been a little sick. And then I woke mm-hmm. up the following day feeling really good. Yeah. So like the the test results shocked me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That that was, you know, that was the crazy mm. thing. So wow. Um, the only thing you could equate it to would be like, for me anyway, and I'm sure you've heard this from other people, is like a sinus infection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, which I kind of walk around with. Sort of feeling that way. yeah like not literally all the time but like i don't know maybe it's the desert air i I feel like i blow my nose fairly often no one needs to know this why are we talking about (laughs) that why am i even telling you this (laughs) so so you you spent uh the week just no shows which you're usually go 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 you're always working so uh what what was it like what did you do in your downtime you had so much downtime in the new year and i i have downtime too so we could talk about what i did too just sure. because after the new year you know sure did, well by the way did you do anything for the new year um did you work did you have a show i never work new year's yeah. eve mm-hmm. um so no i did not i usually watch the ball drop and stuff like that and um yeah it's one of tiana's favorite holidays it's also kind of like our dating anniversary if that oh, makes there sense you go. yeah 
it's you know our anniversary of when we started dating i guess like 11 years ago now wow, wow. that's a long time there you go <laughs> you don't look impressed but it's a long time that's great <laughs> I can't um, keep track of all your anniversaries. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what we do. We hang out. And we, you know, have like Sundays. Yeah, gotcha. That's nice. Um, yeah. What was the question? Sorry. New Year's. <laughs> New Year's. Oh yeah. yeah, New Year's. Yeah. So just hung in. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm a very small gathering with just a couple friends. We played some board games. I think we turned on the TV just to watch the ball drop. But we were there's no way. I mean, New Yorkers tend not to go to Times Square anyway. Right. Uh, regardless of New Year's or not, but especially during New Year's Eve, it just doesn't seem like a fun time waiting out in the cold and all especially during a pandemic when everyone's like neck and neck with each other. Oh my god, shoulder I know. To shoulder. It, um, it's on Tiana's bucket list, you know. Um I would I would get like a you know figure out a way to watch it from one of the buildings in your Seriously. own seclide, secluded area, but maybe yeah. Well, have you seen the Macy's Day Parade in person ever? No, never done that. Yeah, either. we did that, and let me tell you, <laughs> I'm not eager to do it again. <laughs> I mean, I was floating. I w- literally because I was shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah, my feet were just off the ground at points. Oh wow, just you know what I mean. You up and- <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-COVID, but I mean, yeah. it's a true story. I mean, it was really that packed. I couldn't believe it. So we definitely avoided Times Square. We watched just the ball drop on TV and then just uh, had a chill night, you know, nothing too crazy. But we even did, you know, tests, rapid tests before we hung out. And, you know, just because Omicron's just running rampant. Mm-hmm. So uh, so then just after the New Year's, I mean, after a busy holiday season with gigs, which is always a, a busy time for performers, you know, January tends to drop off. So I've had a couple of weeks, you know, or a week now of just like chilling and relaxing and a lot of downtime. So and you're in quarantine with downtime. So how do you best take advantage of the downtime? What did you do while quarantining? Yeah. I, before, before, before we jump into that, just mm-hmm. real quick, you said you took the test. Are you having trouble getting tests? I hate to linger on this the negativity of this Omicron thing, sure, but no. uh, tests are nowhere to be found. I know I said I was testing regularly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound easy. Like it is not easy to find these tests uh, here. Th- a lot of the rapid and home tests, uh, there's a few, it, same in New York, but we mm-hmm. found a, I found a couple drugstores, you know, pharmacies that have them wow. here. Okay. But also we get regular testing. Just what is one of the luckiest things is uh, the speakeasy magic uh, team, you know, they offer before the shows, but they also offer for uh, all of their performers and staff on any off day they're not working can come in mm-hmm. just scheduling mm-hmm. it. And so this is like literally the closest I felt to have like a healthcare plan as a working oh, wow. performer that like just being yeah, part yeah. of this show because they're being so amazing to their, you know, their talent, their talent. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. sure that everyone's safe. So yeah, we you can come in and get tested there, and uh, they'll take care of it. Yeah, very cool. Nice. No, I'm, yeah. I'm that, that's awesome to hear, and I, and I'm sure it's a challenge for their company to be able to facilitate mm-hmm. that. Right, you're not seeing that. You're seeing the the end of it where it's like this is great. We can go ahead and do it, but I'm sure there are some headaches mm-hmm. involved in making that no, actually sure. possible, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so shout out to the whole you know Speakeasy team, the McKittrick Hotel, that whole mm-hmm. production company. They're they're amazing to work with. So. Fantastic. Very cool. Um, so I isolated. I yeah. I isolated and watched TV, <laughs> <laughs> and I I uh, did some false shuffles. Well, it's nice as you got to isolate with Tiana, right? Yeah. Okay. We're, uh, not in the beginning. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, right. so we weren't sure if we could isolate together at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a complicated situation. But yeah, now we're now now we've done that. But um, mm-hmm. at the beginning, it was just me. You know segregated to the podcasting room <laughs> where you're doing this right now yeah so like i was ready to start recording you know a week ago <laughs> you're you're over there airing bank episodes i'm like come on let's go live call me <laughs> tell me you want to do one <laughs> yeah we could have we could have put a few more banks in but i felt like this was the pressing uh pressing story we wanted to get this out live <laughs> yeah so um here we yeah. are it's so, a, yeah go ahead Sorry. so you're watching tv you're yeah. shuffling uh yeah i've been doing the same i caught up on a lot of 
things that I wanted to see. Got a lot of stuff around the apartment done that I have been putting off. Read a couple books as well that I've there you topped go. off. So, yeah, take that goals from two weeks ago. <laughs> Finally got some of that done. But, uh, I mean, I feel like we'd be remiss not to mention one of the biggest uh, shows that came out during the perfect time to binge. Uh Season four of Cobra Kai, Matt. What'd you think? I assume you watched it in like a day. <laughs> yeah, I watched it pretty quickly. Did you? Yeah, I watched it over. It came out. I watched. I think I split it up over two days. You want me to go? You want me to tell you what I thought? Yeah, let's go into it. Probably, probably my favorite. I mean, it's among the top seasons so far. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. always tough to beat the original of anything for me. So like that first one, it always has a special place. But and there were some epic moments in seasons two and three. But season four, man, I mean. Yeah. Terry Silver is one of my favorite villains of all time. I was going to say, yeah, that Terry Silver, I knew you were going to be super pumped about. <laughs> By the way, yeah, so the fact I don't know if back. we'll go into spoilers over the whole thing, but I mean, just light spoilers, I guess, if you if you haven't watched it yet and want to get into Cobra Kai season four. Uh, this is this is the time when we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to spoil anything. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to go crazy in depth either, either, as much as I would like to. Maybe you would like to, too. I don't know. Right. Um, we are sometimes a Cobra Kai podcast. We've mentioned occasionally. that in the past. <laughs> like, like once or twice a year, we, we bust out the Cobra Kai. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, Terry, honestly, all I can really say about it is Terry Silver. The fact that he's back, and I mean, maybe it's too much of a spoiler to say that uh, it looks like he might not be going anywhere anytime soon. Like, yeah. I love that. I'm well, just so happy about his presence. So if he's involved, I'm all in. I was a little worried because when they first brought him back in the first couple episodes, you're like, oh, the, the, he changed so much from his time. And then like, there's definitely a shift and he's like, and he's like oh, no, he's just as crazy as ever. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Like he was reformed and then like, just like acknowledge how ridiculous his character was yeah. in the 80s movie, <laughs> like justifies it, which yeah. is beautiful. Like literally talks about how he was spent, you know, months ha- haunting a teenage kid. <laughs> uh, and not to spoil anything, it seems like a few other characters might be coming back in future season, next season as well. They, so. were, they alluded to it. Yeah. 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 They yeah. alluded to, I, I don't know exactly. I, I mean, know. there was one reveal, but yeah. Right, right. Um, now, the thing about this, and everyone who watches the show has, seems to have the same comment. They're like, how can the show be so good and so bad or campy at the same time? And the way it's self-aware. It's so self-aware. They balance it so well. I mean, it's just, it's so addicting to watch. Like every episode, I'm like, I can't wait to watch the next one. And I don't mm-hmm. know how they're just so captivating. And to, to be, you know, like you said, self-aware to know which buttons to push, which nostalgia to bring back. You know, also the writing of just like the current storylines and how to bring in characters they haven't developed as much and explore them a bit in the later seasons. I think it's really fascinating and bringing new characters. It's such yeah, a good Yeah, it's a show. full-on clinic in how to do a reboot. It's unbelievable what these guys have done. It is. It really is. And it's not just rehashing. That's the thing that I think the fans really appreciate. It's not just rehashing the old story. Obviously, they can't, can't do that with, you know, uh, Zapka and Machio being so much older. <laughs> they can't just do right. that kind of reboot. But it's interesting because I watched the new Matrix movie, too. And uh, they, it's interesting. That that. It it mirrors a lot of beats. A lot of these reboots that are coming out now, they they just like are like, oh, they like the first movie. Let's just do the same story almost, but like make it rhyme in a way so it feels new. But it's almost like there's nothing new creatively that they're bringing to it in terms of the overall structure of the story or whatever. Right. Um, but I, it's just like really interesting how this is what the fans want. If you like a world, we want to see the extension of that world and explore it more. And I think mm-hmm. that's a that's a good lesson for anyone who's thinking about rebooting things. It uh, really is a mm-hmm. show for the fans because if you look mm-hmm. at Karate Kid 3 that was sort of panned by the critics, mm-hmm. and critics had a heavy weight at that time. This is before the internet and everyone yeah. had an opinion in Rotten Tomatoes. And this was just like, mm-hmm. what were the, there were those two guys. Cisco and Ebert. Yeah, 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 yeah. They hated it, you know? Of course. Uh, <laughs> but they had such weight back then. They could really mm-hmm. affect box office sales. Yeah. And, like, so, you know, people talked about how the, the movie wasn't good. And even Ralph Macchio himself has sort of mm-hmm. gone on record as saying he didn't love Karate Kid 3. And I think even the director, too. Um, 
but like fans actually really quite loved it and in in a lot of ways the third one's my favorite one so like i love that and i know the creators love it too and and they they love terry silver's character and like they didn't pull any punches they're like yeah we're we're bringing back terry silver and we're mm-hmm. gonna make this all make sense yeah it's really <laughs> really fun the way they did it so i'm excited i i wish i had like taken like taken the time to draw it out because now i binged it and we're done with season four already and now we have to wait mm-hmm. until season five comes out so i know but nowadays you can't you can't like watch one a week because you're gonna run into spoilers oh, right yeah yeah you gotta kind of do it right away which is why i kind of like the disney format the way they've been releasing them one at a mm-hmm. week one at a time one at a time uh each week because then it kind of has that old you know, water cooler feel to it where everyone's talking right. about the last one and it builds a buzz and, uh, you know, but the bingeable stuff is, is good. Uh, everyone who I know is a huge Cobra Kai fan all watched it the day it came out. So, Well, before we depart from Cobra Kai, I have to say thank you for the gift. Oh, yes, you got it. Very good. You want to describe what the gift was? <laughs> yeah, it's a 45, like yeah. a record. It's a record. A 45. Mm-hmm. Um. In terms of size, it's like a 45 record, and it's like somehow been carved into a clock. Yeah, it's a clock uh, at the center of it, and the record itself is kind of cut so that it's a outline of Machio and Zabka in Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's like what silhouette artists used to do, which mm-hmm. Dave Vernon, did you know he was a silhouette artist? Well, there's the whole effect. There's a whole step, like, this is weirdly tying back into a topic of what we actually talk about on the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> is uh, the uh, phantom artist is a famous effect where you, as a mentalist, you ask someone to think of a celebrity, and then you have a little piece of paper, and as they're thinking about it, you just kind of cut the paper up like you're almost making like a snowflake thing, but mm-hmm, what you're doing mm-hmm. is you're creating a silhouette, and then you unfold the paper, and whatever celebrity they're thinking of, you can see the silhouette of that celebrity as the reveal, which is a fun way to reveal things. Right. Um, very fun. So I've never actually done it. Uh, but I know there's uh, some sneaky stuff that happens in that uh, that cutting thing, so you don't have to necessarily be a amazing uh, Kirigami cutter <laughs> silhouette cutter yourself. Right. You can do it. No, be- I, it's beforehand. such a weird, cool thing to do, though. Like it's so mm-hmm. old school. Like um, yeah. so, Divern, in a godfather of of card magic and close up magic in general, I should say. Um, made a living for years, like on a bo- on boardwalks, doing mm-hmm. silhouettes of people's faces. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget, like when I read about that, and then later on, uh, was in Johnny Thompson's house, and he had a silhouette of his own face that Di Vernon had done. I was blown away. Oh, he did a self portrait in silhouette form. Di yeah, did? in other words, yeah, because that's what he used to do for people all the time on yeah. the boardwalk and whatnot. Again, for money, that's how he made mm-hmm. a living for many years, and he used to travel around doing that. Um, and anyway, Johnny had one of himself from from Di Vernon, I believe. Wait, I'm just trying to clarify. Johnny had one of Di. That... No, Johnny, oh, Johnny... I believe, if I remember correctly, oh. Johnny had a silhouette of himself that of... Di did for him. Got it. So Johnny has a silhouette of Johnny that Di cut for, Day cut for him. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So cool. Right? (laughs) It it goes to show you that kind of, I love those stories of showbiz because like, I mean, you see that on in Times Square all the time, the silhouette artists and the uh, caricature artists or whatever. They're just trying to make a buck on on the side of the sidewalk for the tourists going through. But it just is a good reminder that it's all one showbiz, right? Like you're mm-hmm. just all, it's all connected, trying <laughs> to entertain, give a little moment of joy to people and uh, share your art, uh, whether it's, you know, sidewalk for selling it for whatever they charge now for. I'm sure at right. one point it was a buck, but, uh, right. you know, and then to like high end art galleries, it's like, you know, it's all the business of arts and entertainment. It's all connected. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Which is a good uh, segue into where I risked my uh, COVID exposure <laughs> <laughs> because I decided yes, just yesterday, we're recording today on Thursday, uh, to go to Broadway amidst this crazy Omicron surge. Wow. Um, and I almost now didn't I, go. Now I, I just, I hate to, yeah. to harp no, no, on go ahead. Omicron, but I mean, so in Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, it, it stinks, but I'm not alone. Like there are a lot of shows that are not open right now. Right. Which I mean, probably comes as no big surprise. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's going to, you know, at least be happening just through January and so on. Um, and I know it was happening even just slightly before that on Broadway, but there are shows still open. Some have not been able to do some had to clo- pause. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there are, how's it going over there basically? So it's, it's, uh, all up in the air for Broadway. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I Speakeasy is still going because that's, you know, again, with the testing and they're testing the audience, which I think is very smart. And the peop- the fact that people are willing to do that to see magic is great. I know they're kind of probably cutting back on the number of tables because it's not the crazy holiday surge. So I don't know if I'm going to be coming in as a sub or whatever uh, here or there. Uh, but in terms of Broadway, shows are Opening, closing, going on hiatuses, opening for a week, you know, going yeah. dark for a week. Uh, there was the there's the Broadway League mentioned the, the president of that mentioned some derogatory thing about swings not being part of the cast, and then Hugh Jackman, who's now in the Music Man, had a whole viral video praising the the understudy who took who uh, came in during Sutton Foster who had COVID, and she, so she was out. Uh, as the uh, female lead in Music Man. Uh, but then <laughs> right after that video went viral, Hugh Jackman then goes, yeah, we're closing down the show for a week because he got COVID. Oh, <laughs> so, man. <laughs> so You know, Tweet, like, I actually had a little feeling of embarrassment when it happened to me. Really? There's no reason to feel that no, way. No, no. But exactly. I still felt that a little bit. But yeah. anyway. Well, that was, I think, what was smart when I think people were feeling that and they were worried even pre-vaccine, like when COVID Mm. first came out. That's why I thought it was so smart that one of the first people to say publicly and do a video of it was uh, Tom Hanks to kind of let people know at ease. It's like, this is not a shameful thing that you got it. Like, right. it's going to happen. And at the same time, it is your private yeah. information, too. Right. Exactly. exactly. You have no obligation to share it as long as no. you're, you know, but doing I, what you're supposed to be doing. I think he shared it so that people didn't have this stigma about it that you right. know, if they got it, they're like a bad person or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course not. Yeah. So, um, although I think that of you, Matt. No. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so so yeah, there's shows that are going on hiatus. Like this is interesting. I'm debate. Was debating. Might still go. I don't know. I risked it once. Maybe I'll risk it again. Uh, but <laughs> M- Mrs. Doubtfire is yes. a new show on Broadway. Yes. And they announced that they're finishing this week and then gonna reopen in March. So oh, they're just man. gonna just. The theater's gonna be dark for a month and a half, you know. Oh, <laughs> so man. I was it's like, so disheartening to hear. And I'm worried. I was like, you know, anything could happen. I mean, the plan is definitive, but I was like, maybe, maybe some of these shows might not come back. Like, uh, yeah, wait, Doubtfire's had a tough go in terms mm-hmm. of like when they opened initially, because I saw right. their previews in Seattle, mm-hmm. and that was before COVID, I believe. Right. And then like their actual grand opening, like sort of didn't happen, mm-hmm. and then it happened later, and yeah. then. Now here we are shutting down again. Um, sorry, were you about to say something? Oh, yeah. And then there's other shows. Like I, I'm so glad when we did my show recap uh, in a previous episode where I went saw Jagged Little Pill, the Atlantis Morissette musical. Uh, that is just they decided to end the run a li- like a few weeks early and not come back, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. in the, the Temptations musical is in its final weeks now. They're not coming back. A uh, waitress closed for good. I never even got to see oh. that. So like all these shows are ending early and then just not coming back. So uh, it's crazy. It's a wild west out there. So I think that's an understatement, right? Yeah. I would say this is the most difficult operational environment that live entertainment's ever faced. And there's been criti- Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that because it's so uncertain, uh, and especially when you're selling tickets to tourists who are coming in for the holidays, and now they're people are coming into town with tickets and don't know whether or not the show that they have tickets to is going to happen or not. And they made this right. big trip. You know, some people I was reading on Reddit of just like, we're in their hotel and they five minutes before curtain, you know, the show is canceled or whatever they were going to see. And it's like, all right, you can get a refund or you can reschedule your tickets, but then you got to make another trip out here. It's like, it's crazy to just fill butts and seats too. And with all that uncertainty. So it is, I think it is, you're right. One of the most crazy times. And there's criticism of like Broadway should have never reopened. It was like, well, given the data at the time, it seemed logical that they could reopen for the fall and did work for several months. And then now, you know, new data comes and they're adjusting and things are closing and opening. So it's, it's, People get upset with the, quote, wishy-washy nature of some of these policies, but 
that's kind of the scientific method in a way that kind of informs things is you you make adjustments based off of new data. Right. Right? I don't yes. know. Yes. No, so, you, you. none of us know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I decided to risk uh, getting Omicron because I got tickets to see Company, which is a show I've always wanted to see, especially with uh, Stephen Sondheim recently passing. Uh, Come and knock on our door. That's Three's Company. That's close. Yeah, no, I love that show. I'm so no. glad you got to go see it. No, this is the musical company about um, a 35-year-old uh dealing with uh, the pressures of getting married and being single and all the different relationships. What's interesting- And it's weird because he lives with the two girls, which at the time was, you know- You're thinking of John Ritter. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Tripper. Who played Jack Tripper in, Jack, the, uh, in the play? <laughs> no. Well, the interesting thing, which I really enjoyed this performance, Patti Lapone was in it in the uh, Elaine Stritch role that originated, but they gender swapped the lead. Uh. So it's, uh, you know, and a lot of the characters as well- uh, so that the uh, the female roles were played by men, which I think, oh. and vice versa, but they changed the character names and just switched it all up just so that, and I think it actually worked really well kind of seeing this, uh, you know, a 35-year-old woman on her birth, uh, birthday figuring out, you know, the uh, the pressures of being married and all the different elements. It's it's more of a like, kind of a lighthearted, but also deep at the same time take for uh, Sondheim musical. Um mm-hmm. But I, the thing I wanted to bring up in relating to this, uh, well, one, the talk of Omicron, I was triple boosted. I double masked. I test frequently. So I was like, I, I have an opportunity to see a matinee. And my section was mostly empty. Like, even the person who had a seat right next to me, she was like, I'm going to spread over the row. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it was about 70% full, the house. I was in, like, the rear side middle orchestra. So I was like not right up front where everyone was, uh, but uh, the it was fascinating. The ushers were pretty constant, distracting to a little bit of uh, walking up and down the aisles to make sure everyone's masked and really making sure they're not selling concessions or anything like that. So no one's having drinks. They can't remove their mask at all. I just ours have signs now. They walk around with like paddles. Yeah, we have paddles too that say mask mm-hmm. up and you can just put it in someone's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like they definitely had certain parts throughout the show where they would just walk down the aisles and make sure everyone was wearing their mask and walk back, uh, which was nice. I just was worried about Times Square in general. So the moment I got on the subway and got off the subway in Times Square, I didn't even remove my mask even well, yeah, outside right. uh, either. But anyway, the uh, thing I wanted to tie it back into this discussion, since we are a magic podcast, (laughs) after all, (laughs) I was shocked. There's illusions in company. I did not expect it at all. Okay, Uh, so my next question is, did you read the program, and was there a consultant? Yes, and I was meant to grab that right before uh, we went recording. Did you uh, not recognize the name? It wasn't someone you knew? or uh, It's someone who worked on, uh, I mean, I'll, we'll make an addendum in the next episode or whatever. I just don't have the program near me. Uh, I read through the credits. They worked on Harry Potter um, as well. I don't know if they were the main magic consultant on Harry Potter or they did different runs or whatever like that, but they had illusion background in theater specifically. Uh, but uh, the the way the set kind of works is they there's like these cubes, these kind of tableaus that come in and out. So they have different like apartments and so forth. So there was a there's a song um, that's um, I should have the name off the top of my head right here, <laughs> uh, but it's a uh, uh, usually sung about getting not get, not getting married. I think is the name of it. I'm gonna check that, uh, but. Uh, during the song, there's like a kind of like this moment where the the priest or the pastor role pops in and out. So what they did is they used magic to make this person appear in the apartment in random parts to kind of do this refrain that comes out throughout the songs. So it's called Getting Married Today from Company. Uh, or Not Getting Married Today uh, is kind of what it's called. But the um, uh, there's a moment where they open the door to the apartment and it okay. kind of hides a corner that you know is empty, and then this character bursts out and shuts the door, and you're like, where did they come from? <laughs> so they come out from behind the open door. No, they come out behind where the wall is. Like, if you imagine a wall, a door open up, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes a corner, like hits the hits the wall behind it. Oh, like someone that was going to hide behind a door? Exactly. 
mm-hmm. but you know there's a wall there. So you right. see that, and then the door opens, uh, shuts again. Closes, basically. Yeah. So, okay, I got what you're saying. Closes, yep. and then the person's yep. there. And then the other one that's really neat is they also do that out of a refrigerator. So oh, they, the same effect. Same idea is they open the refrigerator, and you see it's a normal refrigerator, and then when they close the refrigerator, someone comes popping out of the refrigerator door. And wow. The, and you can still see the shelves and everything behind them. It's great. It's really, Were really Were those good. the only magic effects? The one, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. There's one more. There's one more. And this was something that was similar to I saw uh, Groundhog Day when that was on Broadway. And I just like these ideas of theatrical illusions that aren't necessarily drawing like a wow factor, but they're telling a story. Sure. Uh, there's a whole sequence where uh, the character Bobby is kind of picturing herself in this version uh, of different what it's like to be with certain guys and like their life as a married couple and so forth. So a lot of people are wearing the same red dress and they're kind of tableauing. They're all kind of occupying the same space of, as if it's the same apartment. And what happens is in order to get the the guy she's sleeping with, this guy Andy, uh, they, they go into bed together and then he pops up into the bathroom to do this tableau and then at the end of the whole sequence he's back in bed magically uh, as if that never happened so they're using this kind of theatrical storytelling of uh, kind of a dream sequencing happening in real time but they're using magic illusions to accomplish it and when I saw Groundhog Day there was a similar if you've ever seen the movie where he's trying to end the spell Bill Murray you know is doing all these uh, you know uh, trying to end his life in creative ways. So they do, <laughs> and and then every time he hits the clock, he resets and the day's the same. They do right. a similar thing. He's in bed in the stage show, and then someone comes out of bed and they do a, you know, kind of active, you know, I guess, attempt at his own life. And then suddenly he's already back in bed and someone else comes out and they act out another tableau right. and he's back in bed. So I love these theatrical illusions. <laughs> to get the actor where they need them to be. And it's all just staging and choreography, and it's just it's brilliant. It really is. Well, it's an interesting form of magic, and, and what we're talking about in, in a lot of this is things that are magical without necessarily being magic tricks, and mm-hmm. it's a great form of magic that doesn't usually work in the context of a magic show because when people go to a magic show, they like see they, they want the believability of it. They want to see, oh, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. Wow, that's impossible. But in a theatrical show, you can totally get away with magical moments without all the provers. You can go to mm-hmm. Aladdin and see the carpet float without spending the whole night thinking, how did you do that? But it is a magic trick, but it's it's magical versus a magic trick in a way because of the context and the way it's being used. Um, another example of something that to me is like magical but I, I don't know if I call it a magic trick. It's something we used to call movies to life when I would mm. walk out of a movie screen at the start of the show. Yeah. And and I think the reason that works is because it's an entrance as well. So the audience is excited. Okay, the show's starting. The magician is here, you know? Right, right. Um, whereas if you like really played it off as a magic trick, it, I, I don't know that it, you know, could withhold the same, withstand the same scrutiny. Um, but in, in a, a play or a theatrical production, Broadway, um, you can get away with those magical things. Um, mm-hmm. a, I think a great example is something floating, like a flying carpet. Like you would never see them put a hoop around it or all of that. But if you just did the magic carpet as it is in Aladdin, mm-hmm. right? in a magic show, it might leave people wanting a little something more, right? Right. The idea, I think the difference is in a magic show, the, people are expecting that you are gonna your your intent is to show them impossible so one of the things you have Mm -hmm. to do is close all the doors of showing that this is not possible you put the hoop around it because you're showing nothing is supporting it that is the whole point to to get people away from any mere explanation whereas in a theatrical production like this it's so story driven so you're caught Mm -hmm. up in the story and you're not necessarily hopefully thinking about how it's done but also if you do figure out how it's done it's not necessarily detrimental to your enjoyment of the story at all it's kind of similar to what we were talking about in our last bank episode about you know the hidden skill of magic and sometimes Mm -hmm. you know like a vfx artist can have the skill to to make uh, these amazing images appear in a movie and you're not necessarily thinking about how they do it but if you really wanted to know you can look up the details behind it and all the you know digital animation that it takes to create a dragon on screen right 
but you're not thinking about it in the moment because you're thinking about the story as well. And I think that mm-hmm. is, I think that's the key difference here. Absolutely. And, and by the way, I'm a fan of magical moments within magic shows mm-hmm. um, that aren't necessarily tricks. Like if a show is, say, 90 minutes and three quarters of the way through, you see something that's not quite a magic trick but feels magical, mm-hmm. I think that does add texture to a show. Right. Um, however, you know, it wouldn't be your one-off thing to do. Right. If you're appearing yeah. on a talk show for three minutes or five minutes or ten <laughs> minutes, you know, that wouldn't be your go-to thing. It's something that adds texture to an already existing framework. Right. And I think there are things, I mean, you see it in the magic marketing, you know, product lines all the time of the new effects coming out of like, there's different elements of like, this is built as a, wow, this is an incredible, incredible illusion and amazing effect, amazing trick. And then there's other stuff that comes out. It's like, oh, this is kind of like a neat little curiosity. You know, this is a fun little puzzle. Like sometimes it's even just like a little art installation. I mean, have you seen, uh, I think we talked about it in one of the past, uh, random New York shows I saw where they have like these frames and it's just a strobe effect and whatever is in the frame, whether it's a feather or leaf slowly moves in slow motion. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's not necessarily a magic trick, but it's this a magical effect and it's kind of interesting, you know, piques your interest and see what that is. And I think you're right. It does, there are moments where it doesn't have to be bang, bang, bang all the time, the most amazing wow thing. And if you can mix something up with like, oh, that's neat. I think you're mm-hmm. right. It adds texture to a show or a piece or just everyday life. Absolutely. Hey, we should uh, switch over. Uh, Speaking of uh, everyday life, uh, here's a riddle for you, Matt. Let's see if you can solve this. Where's my button? Diddle me this, (laughs) diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. All right, this is a short one. And uh, I went with maybe a little bit easier one for you because I was looking at some past episodes and it looks like the past three, Matt, you haven't done so hot. My record's getting worse, huh? Let's let's break the streak, hopefully. Uh, What runs but never walks has a mouth but never talks? That's the whole riddle. One more time. Mouth but never talks. One more time for everyone listening. What runs but never walks? Has a mouth, but never talks. All right, I think I got it. I like that it rhymes. It's nice. It's short. You got it already? I think so. So right off the bat, I was thinking, okay, water. Okay, that's not quite it, because once you got to the mouth part, it doesn't make sense. Then I'm thinking, what does water come from? I don't know if you call it the mouth of a faucet, but I think you call it the mouth of a hose. Not a hose per se. I would say um, the hose itself doesn't run. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 apt to give it to you. It's not the answer I have. I don't think it's a. Is it a mouth of a hose? I think it's a spigot. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, but maybe or the end of a hose. I would call it. But there's something else water related with a mouth. Faucet. I said. Mm-hmm. Think hose. not in your home. Think larger. That water runs from? Or is water? <laughs> or is water. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a, um, it's got to be like a river or a lake or something? It's a river, the mouth of a go. river. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's more of the common, yeah. I guess in certain parts of the country, a mouth of a hose? I don't know. Maybe that could work. I'm going to give it to you regardless. You ended Thank your you. streak. <laughs> Ruined, yeah, ru- uh, prevented me my streak from continuing my losing streak. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right, let's switch over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. All right, I'm ready whenever you are. TV trivia. Love it already. Maybe. We'll see. Depends on the show. How do you feel about the show Friends? It's a weak point for me. I kind of thought it was. I somehow knew that. Yeah. Let's see it. We'll try it. I'll see if I know. Sorry. Who Chandler is. Sorry, people who are huge Friends nerds. You know (laughs) Chandler. Fans. (laughs) I do know Chandler. Yes. Do you know Chandler's father? No, not at all. But go Ah, ahead. The question is who played Chandler's father on Friends? (laughs) I have no idea. <laughs> I have choices. All right, let's do it. Nathan Lane, mm-hmm. 
Kathleen Turner, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. Elliot Gould. That seems like it could be. I'm between Nathan Lane and Elliot Gould. Ah. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Elliot Gould. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch the show as religiously as a lot of people. I never really got into it. I know some of the the iconic episodes, but I don't know the real details. Should we do a second guess? Or are you? Yeah, let's do. Nathan, I, I don't do know. Nathan anyway, Lane. So. Nathan Lane. I don't know. I, I'm I waiting with bated breath. Oh no! So we got Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Who's Kathleen Turner? Oh, you you wouldn't know. <laughs> Played Chandler's father, uh, Charles Bing, in several episodes of Friends, including the one with Chandler's dad, which may- aired on May 10th, which happens to be my birthday. Uh, I did not know this at all. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Do you want to try to redeem yourself? Yeah. Is it still Friends trivia, though? No, we're going to go Seinfeld. Okay. I could, might do better on Seinfeld. I watched a lot of Seinfeld. Every episode of Seinfeld contains an image or reference to... I know it. Go ahead. This should be Superman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that wasn't even the rest of the question. <laughs> A reference to what superhero? So I would say those questions were of probably equal difficulty, but you nailed that second one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also like a fact that comes up all the time when people want to show off their Seinfeld knowledge. All right. Now you're one for one. We got to do the tiebreaker. We got to do the rubber match. <laughs> all right. What right. TV series showed the first interracial kiss on American network television? I don't know if it was the first. I know it was one of the first, but I want to say it's Star Trek. Is that an option? Yes. And I know I knew Shatner, that I knew that was the answer. Yeah. I knew Shatner was pretty adamant cuz you know, he knew it was going to be controversial at the time mm-hmm. and they I think the network wanted to cut it and he said, "I think I think the story is they they wanted to do a take without the interracial kiss, mm. and he kept botching all the ones that were without it. So they had to use the the good take, which was with it. Which is a uh, that's how to be a good ally, right there. I'll just tell you right right now. You <laughs> want on one you, more, Shatner? Uh, I think we should go out on the unless it's a good question. But I I like my uh, winning streak. Winning I I'm gonna have to record. agree with you, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll do it as a. We'll bonus. do it off air just to see if you get would have gotten. Okay, it. great. Off air. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast we'll after the continue. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so Matt, what is the plan? We're we're wrapping up here. Um, what is the plan going forward? Uh, you're back. So you said you had a couple dark days leading up to you know this uh, hiatus, uh, and then you're gonna be back full force and just doing your shows back in Vegas. Yeah. I will tell you, um, mm-hmm. I actually did organize the podcast room. The office oh. is so organized right now because this is where I was. Yeah. So I actually, I kind of skipped right over that. You asked what I did when I was uh, mm-hmm. kind of hunkered down. And, and this is, I, I organized a lot. And uh, now this room is looking amazing. So I'm really happy about that. Finally, after almost, what is it, 80 weeks, got it done. Your goal, it was a long-term goal, <laughs> but you got your goal down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, just going to be uh resting up. I had some travel plans. We'll see if we're able to do mm-hmm. those when they come up. Um but outside of that, uh just kind of uh, got to actually do have exciting projects coming up um in the coming weeks that I'm sure we'll get into on on future episodes. How about you? What you got on the uh docket for the uh, next couple weeks? Is docket a word? That's a word. Yeah, right? that's a word. Oh, before I get <laughs> to that though, I wanted to also talk about what is it like cuz you broke the news to everyone on your social media. Right yeah. on your on your Instagram story and everything like that, and yeah. then to have that picked up by local reporters who want to do that is that a weird feeling still? Like just to be like everything you do and say publicly on a social media can then become a news story. Um, yeah, very very much so, honestly. And I I told you right before we signed on here, there was an article that the headline was something along the lines in the newspaper of like David Copperfield, Matt Franco halt to magic this week or something to that effect yeah. and like you know i i sent it to my mom i was look at this i, I maybe i made it <laughs> you know <laughs> the old look my i made it thing like it, yeah. it was re- it's really crazy to see 
um, things like that. But also, like, just given the scenario of how, like, grim the whole thing is, too, it's like, it's a weird feeling because it's dark and right um historic at the same time it's like we're, that's something you're gonna people will look back at in 50 years and go oh remember that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. i mean oh yeah this happened and oh my god this was close too and you know to just be one tiny small mm-hmm. n- small nugget of that big conversation is uh it's interesting it's cool i guess yeah. right yeah i would be more i i was kind of pointing to the fact though i think it was still weird that level of fame like i never got to that where if i posted anything it becomes a news story but like you can picture like a you know the kim kardashians kanye's pete davidson i can only stuff. imagine something like that yeah it's i mean literally we're talking about everything they post becomes a news story yeah. or an article about it and i don't know that level of fame if i could deal with that or how yeah. i would just be like introspective and not post anything or not go anywhere i don't know but you it's uh, that was the, the one thing I noted from your thing is like, oh, I saw this on just my friend's uh, Instagram and now it's picked up in the newspapers. That's so I, I'm, fascinating. I'm flattered you would bring that up. But honestly, like, you know, let's let's get real with ourselves. It's a local newspaper. <laughs> right. That reports um, on shows, to be fair. Yeah. And what's that? That reports on shows. That reports and- <laughs> on shows. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly, I thought newspapers would be like less likely to, to shine a light on this sort of thing. But mm-hmm. it's... um you know, just to kind of try to keep things positive, but it's just, it's everywhere at this point. I don't think there's any avoiding it. So the new, it is what it is, you know? So here we are. Yeah. It feels, it's so weird. It feels like it's back to, you know, the March, 2020 when things are canceling and closing. So you asked kind of what I'm up to in the upcoming weeks, and I'm sure we'll discuss it here on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I have like a couple virtual booked, but I have, a handful of live shows that are still a go as of right now. This and month. This month. So mm-hmm. we will see uh, if those remain live or switch to virtual or reschedule or so forth. But everyone's kind of in this up in the air. It feels as uncertain as it does when this pandemic first happened and then when the next wave came. And uh, hopefully, again, 2022 that we're in now is the year that we can finally get back to normal, some semblance of going out and not wearing masks or quarantining or worrying about COVID. And uh, that's what I'm hoping that we have here. So I think in the essence of that, Matt, uh, we should, uh, instead of our goals, uh, we should maybe make even long-term New Year's resolutions as well. Wow. Just putting you on the, uh, on the spot here. Oh, um, man. Of, of um, what we're hoping for the new year. Uh, and then, yeah, or you could do short-term goals too, but if no, I'm gonna, long-term I'm gonna give goals. One. It's, it's yeah. very cliche though, but it's, it is a real one for me because mm-hmm. okay. I've been putting it off for months and I just keep telling Tiana, ah, maybe around New Year's. I, it's, for, me, it's, <laughs> for me, it's the eating. I want to be eating a little healthier. I want to be mm. exercising a little more. Um, I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit with all that, and I just want to get back into that a little bit. So. Okay. Eat better and exercise. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, those are good ones. Uh, I have that on my list as well, for sure. Uh, but uh, especially since I was doing all my VR exercise and doing really well. And as soon as I hit tour this past fall, kind of mm-hmm. went away. So to get back down a little bit would be nice. Uh, but uh, again, uh, just keeping a lot of the self-care stuff that I've been doing over the past, you know, second half of the month to really good. like get through some of that stuff. Uh, but, uh, one of my major goals, and I think a more of immediate goal that I'm going to have is, uh, you know, I have this idea for another stage show that I want to start developing. I don't think I've specifically said that. I think I've alluded to it here mm-hmm. on the, the cast, but, uh, putting it out there, I want to, uh, sit down and at least write the first page or the first effect in it and just get started on that process in some way. I'm not going to have a definitive, like one page a day kind of thing, but like at least take that step, sit down at my computer, write out the first thought and then see where that goes. I think that's a huge step for any artist. You know what I mean? Like that's such a huge step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do because uh, the problem with a lot of these, you know, (laughs) I always find myself giving better directive and creative advice to other people or other projects because they're already within a set boundary, right? Like I know your show and your personality and what you're already doing. So I could give you advice or tips or ideas or create that way. Or if I have another friend, it's, you know, it's already within a set box of boundaries. When you create for yourself, it's so much harder because it's almost one. Sometimes you, you might know how you're being 
portrayed and not necessarily portraying that to the audience and what they're receiving because uh, it's hard to see the forest from the trees sometimes. But also the fact that when you're just starting a project fresh, the possibilities are endless. So right. you have anywhere to go. And because it's so vast, you get choice paralysis and you almost yeah, don't even want to do it. So, yeah, we've talked about that uh, the uh, in the past of different books that are talking about, you know, uh, having a constraint helps with creativity. So I think setting up that constraint for yourself will help get that first step. So that's kind of where I want to go for this upcoming year and maybe mm -hmm. have a whole brand new show. I don't know. That's maybe a long term goal uh, and work on some other projects. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, those are both good ideas to keep forward. Uh, anything? I think that's a great move. Yeah, for you to even not be able to offer your clients too. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So we'll keep um, going that way as it well. It only makes sense. Uh, I, this is not a trivia question, but just mm -hmm. makes sense based on the way this episode has gone so far. Um, do you know? So you, you've heard of COVID nineteen? Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Do you know what the nineteen <laughs> stands for? I believe I do. Okay. Stands for 2019. Yeah. It's the year it, it's not like there's, there hasn't been 18 previous COVIDs. It's just the year that it came. Yeah. Yeah. 2019. And yeah. like, it's just so crazy to me that that's four calendar years ago. I mean, it's not actually four years, but it's 2022 now. I just can't believe it's 19, from 2019. 20, 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've just got to. <laughs> We've got to get through this thing here. Yeah, yeah. We've got to we've got to somehow put this behind us. So, mm -hmm. anyway, I I just was floored when I realized, oh yeah, that's what the nine. I remember that's what the nineteen stands for. Yeah, this is crazy. It's twenty twenty two as mm -hmm. of uh, you know not too long ago. We got to move on here. We got to somehow get through this thing. So, um, thank you for the well wishes to those yeah. who have uh, sent them, and. and um, Hope everyone stays well and healthy, and thank you for joining us for this week. Yeah, for our listeners, uh, thank you. We want to definitely wish you a very, very happy 2022. I know the past year's lockdowns have been tough. Uh, so, you know, if you're if you're still just uh, getting by, that's great as well. We hope for a better 2022 for you, and we appreciate that you are listening. Uh, we also appreciate everyone who's been reaching out. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, things in our mailbag we're going to get to. So if you want to write to us as well, uh, you can reach us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at mindovermagicpodcast.com. And uh, we've got the socials going on, Mind Magic Pod. Um, but um, uh, we've got some plugs. You can buy tickets to Matt's show when yes, you are back. back. January 17th. January 17th on sale through, uh, I think, June at the moment. And uh, we hope to see you out here at some point soon. And ericdittleman.com, you can uh, book me for shows. But by, by the way, speaking of reboots, Matt, I almost forgot to do this. Oh, shoot. Uh, but uh, you, you, you caught up on Star Wars, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen the original three, yeah. yeah the, so you haven't seen the originals? Like the, uh, uh, the yeah. prequels? The prequels. One, two, the prequels. The, Not no, the prequels. No, the one, two, and three are actually four, five, and six. Right, I've seen four, five, six. <laughs> right, but you haven't seen one, two, three. Mm-mm, why? So you don't know that Jar Jar was framed? Jar Jar was framed. That's not a. That's not. <laughs> that's Jar Jar not a was real, framed. That's not a real spoiler. <laughs> Jar Jar was framed. This Wait, is. Um, why are you saying this? Because <laughs> Jar Jar was framed. In terms of what? Honestly, okay. Uh, want me to tell you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me take you through this. The whole thing about Jar Jar being framed. Do you so know like, who Jar Jar is? Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. 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 Was totally framed. Hundred <laughs> percent. I can't believe you're even bringing this up. Uh, this sounds like you had time to actually listen to that episode. <laughs> you have no the idea what I'm talking is, about. The story is Eric Dittleman was on a podcast. We'll post the link in the description um, with our friend Michael Kent. And there was a conversation they had where Eric was supposed to yell to me, Jar Jar was framed. <laughs> and I wanted to beat you to it, but you said it just before I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to slide it into this episode, but right. again, make it coy. But it's a bad, it's a bad strategy from our friend Michael Kent too, because he wants me to do it uh, without you knowing. But then we also want to give the episode a plug, so I'll, I'll tell everyone it comes from the podcast that I was a guest on called "The Internet Says It's True" by Michael Kent, who and it was, was a great podcast, by the way. I really enjoyed listening to it. 
yeah, so check that out. You can hear me get asked all these trivia questions, and then this is the part, my end of the bargain, because I got almost all the trivia questions right, but there was one I got wrong, and I had to sneak in the phrase, Jar Jar was framed, and I almost forgot. <laughs> so the reason I didn't mention having listened to it was because of that. I knew you were going to try to get me with that. <laughs> but you definitely did not know no. what Jar Jar was. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole theory the that he's a Sith Lord. I think that's fascinating. Well, he's anyway. framed, so it's fine. <laughs> well, thank you also. <laughs> I'm glad we ended up on more of a lighthearted note at the end of this episode because it's, uh, it's, it's heavy with all the, the COVID stuff. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you being here. We'd love to hear from you. Keep writing in your funkies uh, messages to Matt. He is reading them. I'm passing them along. Uh, some people have emailed us. You can also hit them up on our socials. Uh, but just write the word funky and tell us who you are as a listener. We want to learn learn more about our listeners. All caps, funky in all caps. Yeah. and uh, Start the message with that. Matt, I, I expect a good year. I'm hoping for a good year and uh, more podcasts to come. And uh, thank you all. That's it for Thanks, us. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.